0: Welcome to another edition of Todd Talk, where we take teaching theory and turn it into teaching practice. I would like to thank 6th grader Abby Stanley for creating the intro to today's Todd Talk. What we're going to be talking about this week is the use of calendars, and specifically how you use calendars to help keep kids on task and keep them focused on what it is that they need to be doing for a particular long-term project. So I use calendars in my classroom quite a bit for a couple reasons. First off, students are not necessarily really good at time management. Uh, it's something that needs to be learned. And a calendar is a good tool in order to learn time management. So in other words, if you're given two weeks to work on something, how are you going to manage your time? Because what I see with a lot of students is they wait to the last second and try to do everything rather than doing it over the course of that two weeks. So a calendar just helps them to keep on task in doing that. So here's an example of a project calendar that I had that I would use with students. And so as you can see here there is a su- this is a suggested timeline. So what I mean by a suggested timeline is that they don't have to adhere to this you know religiously. They can play with it a little bit. They can mold it and change it to where they need to. So when you see on the suggested timeline it's a 15-day project. The day 15 is the non-negotiable where they have to actually Produce this product to show me what they learned. So we're not going to change that. Although there are times where I'll, I'll start on a long-term project, and it, it seems that students are going to need longer, so I'll add a day or two. Or if it seems like they're going to finish earlier, I may ta- I may ask permission to take away a couple of days and present earlier. So uh, so that that end date can also change. But I usually try to give kids a deadline that they're working with. So as you can see here on day six and seven, it asks it shows them on the calendar that you should be researching ecosystems well it might only take a student one day to do their research they may be able to get what they the evidence that they need uh, in order to get you know to to create the product that they're going to show what they learned so if it only takes them one day i don't want them simply waiting a day or not starting on the next part they can start on the next part the nice thing about calendars is that it allows them to differentiate how they're going to use their time uh, and so students may finish early and if they finish early they just move on to the next part of it And if it takes them longer, then they're going to have to figure out ways to to deal with that. So in this, so let's say for their their researching ecosystems, it actually is going to take them three days. They didn't get enough information after the two days you gave them. So students are going to have to manage their time, and they can do this in a couple of ways. First off, they might just do the additional research as homework, or they might spend a weekend, you know, a Saturday or Sunday working on their research. They may look further on the calendar and decide, you know, I could take day, 12 and 13 which is in 11 12 and 13 which are creating my model and I think I can get that done in 2 days so I can make up for the day by adding a day so This allows students to play with it a little bit and figure things out. I would often, especially because I was teaching multiple grade levels, I would always have a class, I would give students a version of this calendar, but I would also give them a class calendar that showed them what it is we were doing. So here you can see I had sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Um, And so what what the calendar you see in the upper left-hand corner was just a general school calendar, so when we're having breaks, when there's things going on, events going on. And so then what I would do is I would create the or I would have the calendar up there for particular grades. So for sixth grade, you can see they're starting on a project and they have four days to do research. They have five days to plan and create their artifact, actually six days for that. And then eventually their museum is going to open on the 13th. So students have that deadline in place. So again, students may finish their research in a couple days and they can start planning and creating their artifact. When it gets to the end of a project, so students may say, you know what, I'm, I'm all done. And there's still a day or two to go. I always encourage kids to improve the quality of their product so they can always there's always room to make it better if you set your project up correctly. So there may be ways they could add more detail or more nuance to it or make it a a better quality product. So there's always room for students to be able to do that. But you can see I have the different grade levels here and what they're going to be doing. And again, this this calendar acts as a guideline. It's not necessarily written in stone. It's something that they can take and work with. So, so when I'm creating a calendar for my students to use, often I'll start with a, a you know, blank calendar that looks like what you see here, which is that students are going to be you know, starting uh, at the end. So I'm going to look at this end and use what's called backwards building. So backwards building specifically uh, looks like what you see here which is that instead of starting at the beginning of a unit saying this is what we need to do and then we need to do this and then we need to do this and then we need to do this and move building it forward you're actually going to build it backwards so you're going to start at the end so what is the identified desired results what do you want students to produce to show that they have learned what you want them to learn sometimes this can be a written assessment sometimes it can be a performance assessment of some sort, whether it's a presentation or an exhibition. Um, There are lots of different ways that you can um, choose what it is that you want students to to do to show you what they learn, what you want them to learn. And so things to consider is, you know, what are your learning objectives, what are content standards, Uh, you know, what is your curriculum specifically, but there are lots of things to consider there. But um, what is it that students are going to show you that they learn what they learn? So once you've determined this end product, then you need to figure out how can students start to build evidence that that shows a good quality product. So it may, mean, may be research, it may mean doing an interview, it may mean um, you know, you know, doing things on their own, and that they're finding evidence that's gonna back up the the what they're doing for it, to show you what they learned. And so the last thing you're doing is then you're planning the learning experiences and instruction. So you're going to work backwards. So what that looks like when you're working backwards is what you see here. So What does it look like? So, for instance, here is a product that I have created for this particular unit where kids have to make a portfolio and there are five sections to this portfolio. So this is my end product. This is what I envision as being what they can use to show me that they've learned what they've learned. And again, I've broken it down into sections. And so this is what they're going to turn in on the final day of this long term lesson. So I have to start building then what that's going to look like. So again, here is, I'm using the backwards building process as you see here, um, starting from the end, and then I have to figure out three things. I have to figure out what skills have to be taught, uh, how much time am I going to give to each of these tasks, and then lastly, I'm going to model for students what I want them. So what if I'm saying I want a portfolio, I may create my own portfolio or save student work from years past to show them what a portfolio might look like. And it's using this backwards building project process, because if you don't use it, if you start at the beginning, what you get is this kind of whacker-jawed, uh, you know, path to the end product. You want it to be more streamlined, you identify what you accomplished, determine the product and plan. So it will go directly to, um, the f- from start to finish. So this is kind of what this looked like. So if I started with my finished portfolio and I figure out what is exactly that I have to um, do before that, so then students need to write their poems before they can turn in their final product. But before they can do that, they have to learn the basics of writing a poem. In order to learn that, they are going to analyze Spoon River Anthology poems, three that they choose. And of course, before they can do that, they have to choose. So you can see how this works to where is it takes you all the way through the progression of what students are going to do and organically kind of creates what your calendar is going to look like. And then again, you have to kind of determine what is it that students are going, how much time students are going to send on this. So when they're researching the time period of one of their headstones, is that going to take a day or two or three? Um, is teaching them the skill of how to do proper research just a single day. So you have to determine those things. So what that looks like on a calendar here is taking exactly what it is that we had before, and we're working backwards so we're starting on day 25 where they're writing their third poem okay here's their second poem here's their first poem here they're going to write a practice poem here they're going to create the visual and so it works backwards until we get to the very beginning where i introduce the proj- project so when i'm creating a calendar what you i use a blank calendar like you see right here and at the very end i have start here because that's where i'm going to have students. Uh, turn in their final product. I even put at the very top that what is the product of the project going to be to remind me. So then I work it backwards like you saw in the example I gave before. Sometimes I'll have students create their own calendars and I give them this blank calendar as well and tell them to start at the end and work backwards. So the reason for this is it's a good tool for teaching time management and if I say you know you have three weeks to do this project You can divide it up however you want to, you can chunk it however you see fit, whatever works to your strengths and your motivations. And so students then will create their own calendars for the, the, even though they're all doing the same project, they may chunk it differently, they may look at it differently, they may have different products. In addition, there there are times in my classroom where students, I would have 26 students in my classroom all working on different projects, all with different timelines. And so the calendars didn't match up as a classroom calendar. So each individual student had their own specific calendar to their project. And so when they would pitch their project to me, what they were gonna be working on, they had to create a calendar to show me what it is, how they were going to divide the, the, the time up and manage their time. And so they would use a blank calendar like this. So there you have it. Um, you know, using ta- calendars as a tool to teach time management and to help keep students focused. So, how I would keep students focused is I would sit down with them and I'd have them pull out their calendar and we would see where where were they at in this process, where they needed, were they, where were they, where they needed to be, were they someplace else, and what were the reasons for that? So, this was a, just another tool for us to get them focused on what it is that they were supposed to be doing.